Good afternoon to all of you, to all of us. It's a great joy and privilege for me to deliver or to give the word of God to you this afternoon. Shall we pray? Father, we ask and we thank you for your word. Open our eyes that we may see wonderful things out of your word. May your spirit dawn on us. Enable us, O oh Lord, not just to listen, but to commit ourselves to obey your word. We praise you and may our eyes be focused on you. Let your word lead us to the word which is, who is Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have you ever had the opportunity or the occasion to shake hands with the leper? Leper. What's a leper? Ketongin. Okay, have you had that opportunity? No, with the leper, with a real honest to goodness with, with you know, that disease oozing out of his body. I'm sure you would not look forward to it. It will not be one of your back in one of your things in your bucket list. But I had this unforgettable opportunity or of shaking hands with a couple of them. Uh, it happened many, many years ago. One missionary invited me to visit the Tala Leprosarium. You know where Tala Leprosarium is? Invited me to visit there. And I didn't know that we were going to visit the unit or the house which, the, the unit which houses the, 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 the patients with the most advanced stage of the disease. I don't wish to describe to you what I saw. But, you know, it took a lot of strength for me to shake hands with them and look at their faces. You know how I felt. I felt that that place was really a place like this. It's the departure area. And you wish that the, the persons there would be the next one to be called. But you know what? It is through these people. Through these people who are discriminated. Through these people who are infested with this disease that is robbing them of life. Of the very life. No, not just physically. But robbing them of everything about life that Luke teaches us a lesson about the faith that pleases God. The lepers, especially a leper recorded by Luke in chapter 17, showed uh, something distinctive and amazing about his faith. So what can we learn about the lepers, and especially from that leper, about the faith that totally pleases God? I'm sorry we weren't able to read that, uh, passage, but we, we have that passage. We will read that along as we go through it. So, what can we learn? First, it's a faith that believes in God. Luke 17, that's the introduction. As he entered the village there, ten lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You know? They did not just believe in Jesus. They did not just acknowledge Him. But they resolutely, even desperately and determinedly, believe in Jesus. You can imagine the lepers at that time. Jesus and presumably His disciples were entering or nearing a village. They must be still a kilometer or, or so away from the entrance of the village. Then, 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 from somewhere, somewhere, they, they heard some, some, some voices calling out to Jesus. They were the lepers. And, uh, but these lepers couldn't come close to Jesus. Why? 
because in the Old Testament, the lepers, the lepers, uh, there was a rule uh, against them. There was a rule in Leviticus 13, if you will just go there later on, the lepers must wear torn clothes and they must keep their, their hair unkempt. They must cover their lower part of their faces and while walking, if they meet somebody, they will say, unclean, unclean, which means, you know, you have to go away from me because I am unclean. So they must live alone outside of the, outside of the village or outside of the camp. And uh, if you were a leper at that time, you, what you would want to do is just kind of die. But they must have heard, you know, but they, these lepers must have heard about Jesus, about Jesus um, somehow. The son of David, the anointed God, anointed one from God was passing by the village. They realized that this was now their only chance, their one in a million chance that they desperately wanted to be noticed and heard by Jesus the healer. So you could just imagine the lepers, just imagine them, you know, shouting and shouting with all of their voices, Jesus, have mercy on us. So what did they declare? What did they declare? First, they believed that Jesus was a master. He has authority. He has authority. Uh, Jesus has authority. He is to be honored. He is not just an ordinary person. And second, and this is the second one, very important. They believed that Jesus was the source of mercy or pity or compassion. What did they mean when they declared Jesus was merciful and compassionate? What did they mean? What do you think they meant? You know, see, this is what they meant. They believed Jesus could feel what they feel. Jesus could not only understand, uh, understand their situation or their condition. Sometimes, you know, some, some people who are well off, you know, they, they say, you know, I understand you if you're poor. But they couldn't really understand because they're not really that poor. But Jesus Christ was different. Jesus Christ could truly, not just hypothetically, not just hypothetically experience their pain, their anguish, their hopelessness, their despair. So their faith in Jesus gave them the confidence that because Jesus could feel what we feel, Jesus would truly heal them because of his mercy and compassion. So the question for us now and reminds us, do you believe, do you really believe, what do you earnestly believe, resolutely believe about Jesus? Are you very firm in your belief that Jesus is merciful and compassionate towards you? Do you really believe that? Why can you say, you know, I know Jesus is merciful and compassionate towards me? Can you, can you, can you really say you have personally experienced his compassion and his mercy? We can, you know, we can only say that we utterly and fully believe His mercy and compassion, the compassion of, and mercy of Jesus, if we are fu fully convinced that Jesus not only understands our sinfulness, Jesus not only understands our weaknesses, but Jesus took our sins and wickedness to himself took it to himself and jesus more pre or more precisely he became sin for us 
and then he suffered terribly on the cross for our sin and all our punishment. So Isaiah described the mercy and compassion of Jesus Christ this way. He said, Jesus Christ, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, he took all our sins so that we do not have to be punished for them anymore. Instead, you know, in the great mercy and compassion and love of Jesus Christ, you know, he gave us instead eternal life so that we could live with him forever. Romans 3.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. So have you truly received Christ's mercy and compassion? Have you truly received it? If you haven't, the gospel is declaring to us the good news that you could receive His mercy and His compassion, even right now. But you must believe. You must believe that He has taken away all your sin. He took all your sin upon Him so that He can give you eternal life. Second, about a faith that fully pleases God is it obeys Him. <clears throat> okay. He looked at them and said, Go yourselves to the priests. Jesus Christ looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And uh, as they went there, as they went there, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. So how would you describe their faith-induced obedience to Jesus? The lepers, it's this, the lepers fully complied to the command of, G of Jesus. They didn't ask any questions. They didn't hesitate. They didn't ask for more assurance. Lord, is it really true? Is it really true that, you would, that we would be cleansed? No, they didn't do that. They simply, immediately obeyed Jesus. And that kind of obedience is very unlike the response of many kids today, right? Why? Because kids and teenagers are so fond of answering, wait long, wait long when their parents ask them to do something. You know, you, you do this, wait long. Mas maganda sa Tagalog eh. Iwala mo na muna yung cell phone mo, wait long. Text, text, text. Wait lang. Gawin mo muna to. Wait lang. Di ba? Wait lang na lahat. O, buksan mo yung pito. Wait lang. Gawin mo to. Wait lang. So parents become impatient and even get angry when their kids say, wait lang. Na-allergic siguro sa sagot. Na-wait lang. But you know what? Kagaya ng mga bata, like the kids, we often ask God to wait. We often ask God to wait. Bago tayo sumunod sa Kanya. Maganda rin sa, sa Tagalog to eh. Pag sabi ng Panginoon, tapusin mo na yan, sabi natin sa Lord, wait lang. Iwanan mo na yung relasyon na yan. Ah, wait lang. 
Ihinto mo na yung ginagawa mo, yung kaugalain mo yan. Wait lang. Humiwalay ka na dyan. Wait lang. Yan ang sasabi natin sa Lord. Para tuloy, nagiging forever ang pag-wait ng Panginoon. Is that right? So what story reminds you about another leper who first hesitated to obey God's instruction to him through a prophet? Who was that, who was that, that story of that guy who, who first hesitated to obey God's instruction to him? This was a leper. The story of Na A Naaman, right? Parang wala sumagot pero sabi ko right. <laughs> Naaman was a Syrian general in Syria, conquered conquered Israel, and then he heard that Elijah, the Israelite prophet, could heal, and it was a miracle worker. So he went to Elijah. But you know what? Elijah the prophet didn't even meet with him. He just gave instruction to the servant to tell, to tell Naaman to dip himself. How many times? Seven times in the river Jordan. Initially, what kept Naaman from obeying Elijah? Well, it was his pride, his feeling that the rivers in Syria were more beautiful and better than the Jordan River. He also felt entitled that since he was a Syrian general, Elijah, the prophet from the, uh, the, the country they conquer, conquered, should come down and talk with him. So pride definitely does not please God. Pride prevents us from obeying God and receiving the better things He has planned for us. You know, here's something we have to know about our pride. You know, you don't have to do acts of pride, you know, to be very proud, to show people that you're proud. That you would be told uh, that you would be considered proud. Proud. The very mere fact that there is pride in your heart, even if other people may not see it, you're already proud. If it's just in your heart that you feel it, you're already proud. So pride may be the greatest obstacle to obedience. Pride is the greatest obstacle to a fruitful relationship with Christ. We may even say. You know, the opposite of faith is not faithlessness. The opposite of faith is pride. Because faith trusts God, but pride trusts self. But you know, in the story of Naaman, Naaman finally threw out his pride and he was healed. So the, the lepers and the le lepers showed us that the faith that's distinctive and amazing is one, it, uh, it believes determinedly, it obeys Jesus Christ promptly, and the third one is, it prioritizes thanking Him. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, feet thanking Him for what He had done. This man was a Samaritan. So it prioritizes thanking Christ. Verse 17 is included, and Jesus said, We're not all ten cleansed, where are the other nine? Verse 18, Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? 
You know, sadly, this prioritizing thanks was only truth to that one unnamed leper. It was only he who stood by his belief to give first thanks to God. I could imagine this one leper, you know what happened? He could have argued, probably argued with, the, with nine of his friends. He told them, I'm going back to Jesus, to the master to give thanks. The others could have replied, why would you do that? He was the one himself who told us, you know, go to the priest so that you would be declared clean. You know, bakit ka babalik? Nagmamagaling ka ba? Pumapapil ka ba? Well, he might have answered, you know, of course not. But uh, this is what I believe I want to do first. Jesus didn't prohibit me from, from, from thanking him first. For me, it is far more important, far more important to thank him now than to go to the priests. The priest can wait. My gratitude cannot wait. I want to thank Jesus. So he returned to Jesus. He prioritized his thankfulness. He prioritized thanking Christ. He came back praising God with a loud voice. He was so exuberant about his praise. He fell flat before Jesus to show his complete thanksgiving. He wanted to show that every part of his being was giving thanks to God. His faith taught him to make thankfulness to Christ his priority and his entirety. He believed it should be his first response to the mercy of Christ, to his healing and to his transformation. He believed that thankfulness should be reflected in his entire being. His thankfulness showed the fullness of his faith. This story, this part of the leper shows us and tells us that it is thankfulness that makes our faith full. If you would be asked, is your faith full? You may answer yes. If you can say you are brimming or overflowing with thankfulness for in every situation and circumstance of your life. Your faith does not depend on where you are or your situation, whether it's good or bad. Your faith is measured by your thankfulness. If you're consistently thankful in all circumstances, you are a person full of faith. But Jesus expected the other nine to give thanks, but they were nowhere, nowhere to be found. What did he ex why did he expect them to give thanks? It means Jesus desires to see gratitude in our hearts, in the hearts of people. That is why he commended even a foreigner, a Samaritan, a non-Jew, for being the only one who, could, who gave him thanks. So it was thankfulness that distinguished the fate of the leper from the rest. It was his thankfulness that set him apart. Okay, for us, how may we show that we are truly thankful how could we show that our thankfulness sets our faith apart? The psalmist tells us how. Psalm 79, 13, Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, what? Will thank you forever and ever. How can you do that? Because you will tell generation after generation. You will teach 
your children and your children's children to praise God. Minsan nawawala na, no? We're so praiseful, pero the next generation, nawala na. Psalm 105, Give thanks to the Lord and what? Proclaim His greatness. Where? Let the whole world know what He has done. You know, in our lives, everywhere we go, we, 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 we share we share our faith, our thanksgiving to others about what God has done to us. And, of course, we can also, Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of our Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Be thankful when? Be thankful when? In all, in all, in all ba? In some. <laughs> in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. So my question is, what, why would God require us to be thankful in all circumstances? Why would God require us? You know, for example, nasunog na nga yung bahay nyo. Namatay pa yung tatay, yung tatay. Tapos na ICU yung isang anak. Tapos yung isang anak, naputol yung, naputol yung paa. Paano ka makakapagpasalamat sa ganong sitwasyon? Ha? Exempted ka na dapat nun. You know, God doesn't tell us to be thankful for our tragedies, for our misfortune for our calamities. God doesn't tell us to be thankful for them. But God tells us still to be thankful in the midst of the tragedies and, 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 and misfortunes and, and calamities in our lives. Why? 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 Parang maghahanap ako ng sagot, ano? Why would God tell us we should be thankful in spite of all these calamities and tragedies and misfortunes? You know why? Because there is no problem. There is no tragedy. There is no calamity that is so great that it could be greater than God. There is no problem so great that God is not greater still. So we should be more thankful than depressed in our life. The Lord, the pro our problems, our problems, your problem, my problem, doesn't give me the right, it doesn't give you the right to rid yourself of gratitude. It doesn't entitle you to be thankless anymore. Rather, because God is the greatest, we should be thankful above all our circumstances. Kaya po, sa pagising natin sa umaga, let us strengthen. Let us strengthen and build up our faith with thankfulness. Make, let us make sure to thank God the moment we wake up. Because sometimes, when we, make up, when we wake up, sometimes we only assume, you know, we sometimes assume another day. Oh, ito naman, bawat araw, isa naman. The night, before we sleep, assume natin that we wake up and there will be another day. Let's not just assume. Let us be thankful for another day. 
that's different. Instead of just assuming there will be another day, let us be thankful for another day. And then what did he say? What did Jesus Christ encourage? What was his encouragement? Ayun pala yun eh, 17-18. What was his encouragement? Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So what healed the, the leper? What healed the leper? Faith. So Jesus didn't heal him. It was his faith that healed him. Huh? So he said, you know, it's my faith. It's my faith that made me receive Christ. It's not Jesus. But, but, but it is Jesus. We know it's Jesus. So what was the role of faith? That is simple to answer because in John 6, 44, Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Which means, he told the, 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 the leper, You know what? The faith that you have, I was the one who gave you that faith. I was the one who built that faith in you. I was the one who put that faith in you. But what happened? You use that faith. You claim that faith. You, you, you use that faith to claim my promise, to claim my power, and to claim my plan for your life. So Jesus Christ is now telling us through the leper, stand up and go. Use your faith. This one leper has shown us that even in our lowest point, even in our helplessness, even in our hopelessness, even the what you feel right now, if, if you feel bad, if you feel in despair or depressed, you know, hopeless, because of depression, we must remind ourselves that God has given us faith. God has given us faith that we may use in order to hope for restoration. We may use in order to obey Him promptly in, in, and we must use in order to thank Him and our thankfulness would define our joy. So this Sunday, we shall observe the Lord's Supper. As we observe the Lord's Supper, God is asking us, you know, how do you feel right now? Where, where are you standing right now? And where is your faith? Where is your faith right now? Is your faith able, able to give you, enable you to claim my strength, to claim my promise, to claim my plan for your life? Is your faith able, would enable you to obey me promptly? Would your faith enable you to be thankful and your thanks? Thankfulness would define your faith. I pray that as we meditate and as we think of the Lord's Supper right now, at the end of it, as you think of the faith that God has given you, you may be able to hear the Lord tell you, rise up and go. Rise up and go and use the faith that I have given you. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you for the faith that you have given us. Thank you, O Lord, for showing us that we could have a faith, O Lord, that's distinctive, that is amazing, 
that is wonderful. Thank you for this faith and help us to be a good, good stewards of that faith by using it, O Lord, by using it, O God, so that we may claim your power for our lives, so that we may obey you promptly, so that we may be full of thanksgiving, so our lives will be defined by joy. I pray for anyone here, O Lord, who may be undergoing some difficulties, depression even, despair in his life. I pray, O Lord, that you would lead him to understand that you have given him the faith and it is this faith that would enable him, O Lord, to use it and so that he may hear from you, rise and go and claim the wonderful plan that, and the promise that God has for you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.